That was really, really awesome. We're going to get right in the Word today. We've been in the Word all day. All day, I'm telling you. All day. The Word of God has been coming. The written Word, the Logos Word, and God has been speaking. He's been speaking to some of you. Rama. he's been whispering in your ears. Maybe some of you he's been shouting at. But um, I'm really excited about today. I'm excited about what God is doing. God is moving. He is moving. I mean, he's moving, and he's putting pressure on people, and he's getting attention of us if we're ignoring him or not listening to him, whichever that we're doing. So today's word, I want us to get in. If you could bring up that first uh, slide, Chris, that would be great. Whoever is bringing up the slides. We'll be in, uh, we'll start our message today in the book of Luke, chapter 15. It's a great, great uh, place in what God wants to speak to us about who he is. And um, we find here in this study, Jesus was hanging out. He was hanging out with the disciples and the people that were coming to listen to him. And he happened to be, the day that this, this text starts, um, the Pharisees were hanging around. They were watching everything he was doing. He'd been having dinner, believe it or not, with the tax gatherers. If you don't know what a tax gatherer was in that day, they were uh, people that were working for the Romans that had invaded and taken over Jerusalem. They weren't popular because the Romans came in and taxed the people. And then they got some of their own, they hired some of their own people to go and collect those taxes. And they were heavy taxes. And I mean, they did awful things if you couldn't pay your taxes, too. So, but Jesus had been having dinner with Matthew. He was one of the tax gatherers. He was hanging out with some of these tax gatherers. And believe me, they weren't popular. They probably weren't any more popular than the IRS is for you. I mean, you know. You know, you want to stay away from those guys. You know, that's how you feel about them. Uh, but the Pharisees and the Sadducees were there. The leaders of the church were there, and they were watching this. And they started grumbling between themselves. And they were like, you know, saying, check that out. He's hanging out with tax gatherers. We stay away from those people. He's hanging out with sinners. He's actually conversing with them. And they were mumbling, and Jesus knew it. So this is where we start our text, in Luke chapter 15, verse 1. And so hearing this, and Jesus said to his disciples, oops, I'm in the wrong, whoa, 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 I'm in the wrong, i got to get in the right place here myself. Now, all the tax gatherers and the sinners were coming near to Jesus to listen to him. And both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble saying, this man receives sinners, and he even eats with them. And then Jesus began to speak, and this is what he said. He told them this parable, saying, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 and the open pasture 
and go after the one who is lost until he finds it. Now, I don't see any sheep herders in here today, so maybe this isn't a big deal to you. But I'm telling you, if this was your livelihood, and this is what you sold and helped feed your family with, you're going to go run out there and find the one that's lost. Because if you don't go out, what's going to happen to that thing? It's going to be devoured. It can be, you know, a lion or a bear or something can come along or somebody can steal it. And Jesus continued the story. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. But what they used to do is they didn't just pull it around on a leash. They would literally pick it up, and he would wrap the sheep around his shoulders. So the hind's feet were over here and the head's over here, and he's talking to the sheep all the way home, telling it, just like my story earlier, you stay in the sheepfold. It's dangerous out there. And so he's talking to this thing, and he's really elated that he hasn't lost a sheep. And when he comes home, he calls together all of his friends and his neighbors and says to them, Come and rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Come on, let's have a party. Come on over. I'm so excited. This is great news. And he says, Jesus then says, I tell you, and he's talking to the Pharisees and the entire crowd and the sinners and the tax gatherers and whoever is doing whatever, whatever they're doing. And he says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Okay? Rejoicing. Rejoicing. Heaven. Heaven. All of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Repent means confess your sins before God and turn away and walk a different direction. Walk towards God and in his will and way. And Jesus doesn't leave it there. He tells another story right after that one to the same crowd. And he goes, or here's another story. Or what woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house in search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors, saying, Come rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. And then Jesus says it again. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So it's not just the people, not just the people that got to heaven and they're thrilled that their their friend over here that they left behind has found God and repent and turn to God. It isn't just that. But the angels are rejoicing. All of heaven is rejoicing. This is a big deal. This isn't just like, okay, so he's telling them 
parables and stories about themselves. So maybe 10 coins doesn't sound like a big deal to you, but some scholars believe that the, uh, women, when he's telling the story about a woman, they received like 10 coins. It was like symbolic of a wedding ring if they were betrothed and going to get married. I mean, like these 10 coins were like meant everything. It was like losing your wedding ring. And she's looking for these coins that represented that, that love. So she was really after this coin. You know, it, it wasn't just about, you know, I lost a coin, I'm poor, I need this coin. So let's go to slide two. Right again, after he tells them these two stories, he begins to tell them the parable of the lost son. There's different titles in your Bibles. We know this story as the prodigal son, the prodigal son that returns home. We could ponder and think, what other titles could this story be named? But today, I want to tell you this part. So Jesus laying it on in triple-dipple here. You're getting three stories about something that was lost. The sheep, the coin, and the son. And numerically, each one becomes more valuable. The price of the sheep was one thing, but the loss of that extra coin was of a higher value. And now Jesus comes to tell the story of something even more important. And he said, a certain man, maybe that one, maybe you. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. And he divided his wealth between them. Verse 13 in chapter 15. And not many days later, the young son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country, and there he squandered his estate with loose living. He just spent money like there was no tomorrow. He didn't really earn that money. He just happened to be born. He asked his father, and his father gave him half of what he had. It was easy to spend it. He hadn't labored for it, right? Yeah, somebody gave me money. I'm going to spend it. I've been dreaming about this day, getting off this farm, getting out of here, thinking about all the things that my father tells me not to do. I'm going to go do it. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country. That means there was no food. The crops weren't coming in. There were issues. <laughs> and after he'd spent everything, he began to be in need. He'd spent all his money. What's he going to do now? He's only worked at his dad's. Like, what is he going to do now. He's never had a real job. Now, when he had spent everything, he went and attached himself to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. It means that he went to somebody and said, I'll work for you, 
I need a job. He becomes one of these workers for this man. And he was longing. He sent him out to feed the pigs in the fields. And he was longing to, he was so hungry, he was longing to fill his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, the pigs were eating. And no one was giving him anything to eat. Verse 17, but when he came to his senses, I want to stop there for a minute. Because right now, God is moving in the spirit to bring, as she said, he's correcting. He's bringing you to your senses. She just told us a story. I don't know. My brain got fried. I don't know why I did this. I made this mistake. It was gargantua. It was costing me everything. I never even got to enjoy. I'm sending my money out when I don't have it. I've got issues. But there was a time that she came to her senses. She learned from that mistake. When he came to his senses, that comes by the Spirit of God coming to you. That comes by the Spirit of God hovering over you. That comes from the Spirit of God speaking to your heart. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I'm dying here with hunger. I'm emaciated. I'm starving. He came to his senses. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. I'll just come and work for you. I, I, I won't be your son, but I, I know how well you treat your hired men. I'll come and work. I'll work in the fields. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I'll get a meal. He repents. He says, I'm sorry. He's come to his senses. Let's go to the third slide. And he got up and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. What you can't see very well there in that slide is it says, the power of forgiveness. That's you and God. That's a picture of you and God. When you come back to the Father. But the Father said to his slaves, quickly, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. He didn't even have shoes left. He was in rags. He'd been out with the pigs in the fields with dung and everything else. And remember that the pigs were unclean in that day. They weren't eating pork. The Gentiles ate pork. The heathens ate pork. He was out there with the pigs. This was a lowly, the lowest job you could find. And 
His father says, go get the best robe. He sold everything, the signet rings, everything I gave him, everything's gone. Go, go get a ring and put it on his finger. It's a symbol. He's my son. He's my son. And go get some sandals and put them on his feet. Get that calf. Butcher the calf. Tell everybody. Get the word out. We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. We're, we're, we're going to be eat and be merry. And for this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to be merry. That's as far as I'm going to go in this story. They began to rejoice. They began to get excited. The strong part that is normally overlooked in these three stories is the power of repentance. This isn't just to the lost, but this is a, this is a word to all of us. It's about repenting when we find ourselves in sin. If the Holy Spirit is convicting you and you know what you're doing isn't right, God is calling you to just come. Come home to God. It's not too late for you. Come to your senses. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Come to your senses. Come to your senses and run home to God. Did you see in this story, the father wasn't just... He was, you know, we could call this story many things, the lost son, the prodigal son. We could call it the grieving father, the father that was bereaved and broken. And it, it seems to me in this story that the father went out every day and he watched, he watched around his property and he watched the roads from where the house was. Because they must have set up on a hill far enough because he says when the son was still far away, he saw him. He knew the move of his son. He knew the attitude. He knew how he walked. He knew he was broken. And he ran and he started running to his son. He didn't wait till he got there. He didn't say, oh, I'll just make him make the whole journey. That wasn't his attitude. He was grieving. He was rejoicing. He's come home. I didn't know. He, I, I thought he was dead. I had hope in God that he wasn't dead. But he's coming home now. I don't care what he's done. I don't care what's going on. And when that son asked forgiveness of his father, he met him with a robe and a ring and clothing and food. There's no way he was going to be one of the hired hands. He let everybody know it. If his son had said that in front of anybody, he wanted the hired help to know he's not my hired help, I'm not bringing him back, and he has to pay his dues. He's already paid them. He was dead, and I'm going to receive him. I receive him right now. He was my son. He will always be my son. He is my son. That is how the father, so Jesus is telling this story. In the rest of the story, his brother is out in the fields working his other brother that didn't leave, and he got pretty upset about it. He's like, what's all the fuss about? And then he got downright angry to his father. Why are you celebrating him when I've been here the whole time working and serving you? I've been there every minute, and you've never thrown me a party. We can't have it. It's something we can learn from this story. 
when God rejoices over the one that came home, rejoice, rejoice, get in and and, and rejoice. His father said, well, everything that I have is yours. Everything that is mine is yours. Basically, you could could have had a party any time you wanted to. But your brother has come home. He was dead, and now he's alive. Let's rejoice in this. You know, so we read this story, and um, everything that's going on, there's similarities in it all. You know, you may not understand the fullness of this, but when I was reading it, I was thinking about the lost sheep and the coin. It was when I got to the coin and I was pondering it. I was thinking, well, Lord, Lord, what do you want to say to people? Like, how can they understand how important it was to go and seek the lost? Whether it was the sheep or the coin or the son. And I'll tell you, what first came to my mind is two stories. One is, what about your glasses for you glasses wearers? What when you're looking for your glasses and you can't find them? You know I've told you crazy stories of Lonnie and I searching through bags of trash and everything else, looking for his glasses because his glasses are $1,000, right? His glasses are $1,000. He has a really crazy prescription because of his eyesight. And we're going through it, and we come to find out that I've been wearing them on top of my head the whole time, the whole hour and a half of the search. And we've been in the dumpster twice and emptied the bags. Let me tell you, when that happened, I was afraid to tell them. I, I, t- I thought they were my glasses. And I set them down, and then I, I'm looking around, and I'm going, well, they're right here. And I go, oh, my gosh, they were on my head the whole time. I was afraid to tell him. But let me tell you, he was so rejoicing, even after dumpster diving, that he couldn't, you know, we had a party, and we laughed, and we made merry. And the other thing is, okay, I know you can relate to this, because maybe you don't wear glasses, but what about your cell phone? What about your cell phone when that, does, when that thing disappears? And you can't find it, and you're upset, and you're going to look everywhere, You're going to get people to come and look for you and with you. And let me tell you, when that thing shows up, do you want to throw a party? You're praying to God. You're saying, God, help me. I can't see it. I turned it on. Somebody goes, oh, well, call your phone. Well, my phone was off. It's not going to ring. You know, I mean, it's all those things. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And the rejoicing. So you as humans... And, and humankind can rejoice over finding your glasses, finding that cell phone. But I'm talking, Jesus tells us God and heaven is rejoicing. I, 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 I don't know that they're rejoicing that I found my glasses. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Lord laughs at me and so does the Holy Spirit a time or two. But I'm saying all of heaven is rejoicing and all the angels, they're all rejoicing. I know we've had quite a day here, but I want to tell you, forgiveness is complete when you come back to Christ. He's not holding a grudge. Let's go to the last slide. Forgiveness, completely forgiven. 
I, I was with somebody ministering to them this week, and they kept saying, I, I, I can't forgive myself. I've done some stupid stuff. I mean, I have done some stuff like, like I would never want to even tell you I've done. We're like, yeah, us too. What do you mean, you two? Yeah. Yeah, we, we've sinned a time or two. We've done some stuff we're not proud of. We're, we're, we've done some stuff that's unspeakable. It's horrible. We, when we look at it, when we, when we even think about it, we shudder. And we just want to close our eyes and we want to get away from it because it's so disgusting. But there comes a time, if God can completely forgive us, and he does, completely, completely, when we repent and we ask for his forgiveness, he's like the father in the story. He's there with open arms. He's there to remove your filthy clothes. He's there to put sandals on your feet, give you jewelry, wash you, and have a party. He loves you. He loves you that much. It's the kind of love that we can't comprehend because we're so much, unfortunately, like that other brother at times that was mad about it. We've got issues. We don't want to forgive. He left me here to work this farm with Dad all these years. He abandoned me. You know, we've all got our issues that cause bitterness and things to rise up. But these are things we can repent for. Because until we do, how can, if God forgave you, are you saying you are bigger than God, so you've decided you're going to punish yourself and you're not going to forgive yourself? Huh? Forgive. Let go of it. Don't hold on to it. Forgive and forgive yourself. Run into his arms. You can't love yourself until you let him love you. And then you can begin to love yourself. When you're washed clean, there's nothing that feels better than that. How many of you know what I'm talking about is when you're before God and you're crying out and you're like, oh, my God, Father, forgive me. Just forgive me. I've disappointed you. I'm, I've disappointed heaven. I've, I've disappointed you. Just like this young man. I've... I've messed up. I've used something that you gave me and I've squandered it. Or something you gave me, I didn't even use it. I just set it aside. I didn't do anything with it. Whatever it is, whatever the situation is that you're repenting for, and I'm just crying out. And then God comes and he surrounds me. We talked this morning. We sang this morning about the wind of the Spirit. We talked about the move of the Spirit coming, coming. Deb told me about praying with someone this week, and the breezes of the Spirit, the wind of the Spirit started to blow in a circle. Ben told me another story. He'll, he'll share the whole thing, where he was praying for someone. And he was sitting there, and he was praying while Kyle was ministering to somebody. And Ben went off, and they, the Lord had told him that Kyle had to go and, and minister to this particular person. And 
Ben said, okay, I'm going to go pray. And when he went and he sat down, the wind of the Spirit began to move. The wind of the Spirit. He could feel a breeze. There were no leaves shaking anywhere else. It was just surrounding him as he prayed. These things are real. They're just like the story I told you about with the whales. God is moving. He is hearing you. You've got to take faith and reach out. You've got to believe it. We sang, I believe it. I believe it. I can feel it. But we've got to get past just feeling it. We've got to believe it. And then we've got to act on it. And we've got to move on it. And whatever it is, if you're in desperation, come to God. There is nothing better when he forgives you completely. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And there's a refreshing wind that comes upon you. It's refreshing. There's nothing like it. You're almost like that innocence of a child again, running in the fields, chasing butterflies, whatever you did as a kid in the most peaceful moments of your life. Whatever that was, whatever that felt like, I can feel it. I can feel it when the refreshing presence, the refreshing winds of the Spirit come upon me when I've repented. And this story tells me that every time we repent, all of heaven rejoices because I'm a sinner and I still sin even though I don't want to. And all of heaven rejoices and the angels rejoice. You see, the angels, the word of God tells us that the angels flee at rebellion. When we're rebellious, our appointed angels, they leave us. They can't be in the presence of the spirit of rebellion. That young man, his guardian angels weren't walking with him in his rebellion. Father's love remained, but I'm just saying, these are the things that the Bible teaches us. But when he came home, everything changed. And my call to you and to anyone within the sound of my voice, it's time to come home. It's time to come home. Don't let your self-loathing, your own not forgiving yourself, keep you bound and in prison. Stop punishing yourself for what you've done because God, when he forgives you, he forgives you completely. There is judgment and punishment that comes just from the wages of sin. The Bible tells us it's death when we're sinning. We've, we've paid the consequences. Barbara said she paid the consequences of a mistake and a poor decision. She didn't seek the Lord on that, on that. She didn't say that, but I know that because if she had, he would have brought her to her senses. But see, she was in La La Land. She was in Sedona. She was enjoying the beauty. Oh, I love this trip. It's so wonderful. I want to come back here again. And they're showing us this timeshare. And, and, and they're just saying, we can do it anytime we want. And Oh, it just seems so wonderful. And I need a vacation. I'm working so hard. I got so much stress. I got, yes, I got, woo, ha. But she wasn't, she wasn't asking God about that decision. See, we're going to go to him about everything that we do, 
everything, everything, everything. It's time to come home. And if you know someone who is lost, if you have a brother, a mother, a father, a sister, a niece, or a nephew, it's time as part of God's family to go seek the lost. To go seek the lost. If God uses you and your mouth or your arms to love them, to embrace them, to bring them to their senses, let them know the way home. Let them know the way home to the Father's house. That's our call right now. It's reaching out. And so I just want to end today by praying. If you just stand with me as we get ready to leave here today, let's stand. Uh, you, can, you can play that other song now, Chris, as we get ready to uh, prepare for our offering. <sighs> Come to God just as you are. That kid had no, that son had no fancy clothes. He was filthy. He had nothing. It was, if they weren't giving him anything to eat, they sure weren't giving him a bath. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come as you are. Father, I pray for all the prodigals and those who are lost. Man, woman, and child. And God. I pray that they will hear this call in the Spirit, the one that you are making right now. Come home. It's time to come home. Come home to your destiny. Come home to your destiny. In Jesus' name. Let's uh, bring an offering as we listen to this song. Amen. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. Oh, I'm broken, lift up your face.
Heaven can.